The KyberSwap hacker, who stole $46 million in crypto, has published their list of demands for its return, and nobody saw this coming. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. Okay, we've got highs, lows, and absurdities today, so here's what's on the docket. Michael Saylor's MicroStrategy buys $600 million more Bitcoin. Pando is a late entry to become the 13th US spot Bitcoin ETF applicant. A CoinGecko study shows 75% of Web3 games have failed in the last five years. November was the most damaging month for crypto theft at $363 million. And the KyberSwap hacker publishes their list of demands, and it's wild. We've moved into December and the year is drawing to a close, but business intelligence firm MicroStrategy has no interest in winding down. They've just bought another $600 million worth of Bitcoin. If you're not into investing, you might not be familiar with MicroStrategy, but their co-founder, you might be. It's Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor has been one of the chief champions of Bitcoin for several years. Here's a little background. In July 2020, on an earnings call for his company MicroStrategy, he announced he wanted to buy alternative assets instead of holding fiat currencies. He was primarily interested in gold and Bitcoin. So in August 2020, MicroStrategy bought 21,454 Bitcoin for $250 million. Since then, they have been buying BTC constantly with cash. They've sold off other assets to buy more and they've even taken on debt. The last time Saylor revealed his personal holdings, he had 17,732 Bitcoin himself. But his stockpile is dwarfed by MicroStrategies. And Saylor tweeted yesterday, today, MicroStrategy has acquired an additional 16,130 BTC for $593.3 million at an average price of $36,785 per Bitcoin. As of the 29th of November 2023, MicroStrategy now hodls 174,530 BTC, which was acquired for $5.28 billion at an average price of $30,252 per Bitcoin. You know when someone's being that transparent with their investments, they've got a good reason to be. And the reason is this. MicroStrategy owns $6.6 billion worth of Bitcoin at yesterday's $37,726 price with a $1.4 billion profit. I bet you Michael Lewis is lurking somewhere nearby Sailor because if Bitcoin goes to $100,000 in the near future, which is what Sailor suggests, he's getting his own book and adapted movie. Yesterday, Braden Lindrea wrote up an interesting piece that is well within my wheelhouse. According to CoinGecko, over 65% of Web3 games have failed in the past five years. The study in question looks at games launched between 2018 and 2023 and found that although there have been 2,817 Web3 games launched, only 690 of them have any active player base. CoinGecko defines a failed game as one that has a 14-day moving average number of active users that is less than 99% of its peak, which seems fair enough. Many of the original games that saw initial popularity have more or less died, but plenty still have healthy player bases, even if it doesn't match up to the all-time highs. The report did say that the rate of failure has slowed in 2023 after peaking in 2022, and that the lower failure rate could perhaps indicate a stabilization in the state of Web3 gaming. So other than this podcast, you almost definitely have no idea who I am, but this is my area of expertise. I started a website called Token Gamer in 2018, which was solely concerned with blockchain technology 
technology in the games industry. Back in 2018, there was precious little around, and what was being created was pioneering the use of blockchain. Then, play to earn ruined everything, truly. Suddenly, every indie developer was trying to create the next hit with the express intention of making a small fortune for very little work. Games were not going through their typical development cycles. They were rushed to market with store-bought assets and a copy-and-pasted white paper. They deserved to fail. But now we're starting to see Web3 games mature as studios interested in creating great games that happen to harness blockchain technology reached the alpha and beta stages of their clients. We've also seen wild success with games that aren't advertising the inclusion of blockchain and NFTs. Games such as NFL Rivals, which has dominated the Apple App Store charts, for instance. So to me, the 75% failure rate actually seems a little on the low side for what I expected, but I do think we're seeing a stabilization of Web3 Gaming, and this is by virtue of the studio's primary intention not being money. Okay, I'm going to stop there before I go off on a complete tangent, but this is a topic I will be discussing at NFT NYC in April, so if you're going to be there, look out for that talk. So this is a surprising one. We have a late entrant to the US ETF race and they are cutting it fine. According to Jesse Coughlin, the Swiss asset manager, Pando Asset, has entered the running for a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund, ETF, submitting the S1 form to the SEC on Wednesday. There have been two connected rumors with the SEC's impending ETF decision. The first is that the SEC is trying to line up all application acceptances. And, according to Bloomberg ETF analyst James Safar, that the 10th of January 2024 is the day we'll likely get a decision. So Pando's application really comes in at the 11th hour. The general feeling from the experts is that Pando won't be delaying this decision, which caused the senior ETF analyst for Bloomberg, Eric Balkanas, to wonder about fair play. Oh, and he wanted to know what a Pando is. It's a tree, Eric. So the gravitas of the outcome for these now 13 ETF applications grows as Pando joins the like of BlackRock, ARK and Grayscale. If it felt to you as if this month I was talking a lot about crypto theft through exploits and hacks, it's because, well, I was. Certic, the Web3 security firm, yesterday released a breakdown of all the exploit, hack and scam incidents in crypto in November and found that we've just had the most damaging month of 2023. $1.1 million was stolen via exit scams, with $750,000 of that through SAI Pro and $291,000 of that through To The Moon, whatever that is, or was. 45.5 million was stolen from flash loan attacks, with 45 million of that coming from the KyberSwap hack. And then a staggering 316.4 million was stolen from exploits. Poloniex was hit with $131 million. The HTX Heco Bridge we discussed last week was hit for $113 million. A single phishing victim lost just over $27 million. Kronos Research lost $24.6 million. And another single entity lost $3.3 million from their wallets. This brings the total year-to-date loss from all scams, exploits and hacks to an unbelievable $1.7 billion, with exploits accounting for $1.64 billion of it. Right, there's no sidestepping this one. Crypto is rife with security issues. You could argue that it's moving in the right direction, given that 2022 had $3.7 billion drained, so we're at less than half with only December to go. Only December might be a risky thing to say, but it's a problem that will certainly deter many people from entering the world of crypto. Braden Lindrea, the author of this article, spoke to a researcher at the security firm Forta Network, Christian Seifert, who said, Imagine you losing all of your savings because the branch of your bank got broken into overnight. You wouldn't bank there. I often worry about the older generation in my family when it comes to online banking, let alone crypto. 
Right, here we go. On Wednesday, I covered one of the craziest, and if it doesn't sound too callous to those affected, entertaining stories in crypto this year. KyberSwap was hacked using an exploit that Doug Colkett called an infinite money glitch. The hacker made off with $46 million of crypto, though KyberSwap's team managed to recover around $4.6 million worth. KyberSwap then employed the curious tactic that I called hitting with the carrot. They first offered the hacker 10% of the total amount hacked if he returned the rest. I don't know for sure how that all pans out legally, but that sounds as if the hacker could get $4.6 million without the risk of imprisonment. However, as smooth as that generous drink went down, the chaser was a bit rougher. KyberSwap threatened that they could track the hacker down and that the person better take the offer or law enforcement and cybersecurity teams would get him. The hacker didn't love this and then left an on-chain message that blew my mind. Go back to Wednesday the 29th episode if you want to hear it in totality. In essence, he didn't appreciate the hostility and said if they want a treaty on the 30th, they need to be nice. Well, the 30th arrived and so did the proposed treaty. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's not going to be accepted. I don't want to summarize this. It's too good. So here is the full message. To all relevant and interested parties, I thank you for your attention and patience in this uncertain time for Kyber, the protocol and DAO, as well as Kyber, the company. Below, I have delineated a treaty for us to agree to. My demands are as follows. Complete executive control over Kyber, the company. Temporary full authority and ownership over the governance mechanism, Kyber DAO, in order to enact legislative changes my current wallet address is fine for this. All documents and information related to company and protocol formation, structure, operation, revenues, profits, expenses, assets, liabilities, investors, salaries, etc. Surrender of all Kyber, the company, assets. This is both on-chain and off-chain assets. It includes, but is not limited to, shares, equity, tokens, KNC and non-KNC, partnerships, blogs, websites, servers, passwords, code, social channels, and all creative and intellectual property of Kyber. Okay, I need a breather. So I spoke to the author of this article, Ezra Reguera, to get his thoughts on the absurd soap opera. So Kimber Swap hackers antics are definitely some of the funniest things that we've covered in crypto right now. So the hacker steals over 40 million and then the Kimber team threatens to involve law enforcement and they respond saying that they need to be fully arrested first before they can discuss. And then he says the Kimber team needs to be nice and be civil before they can talk. Like, uh, yeah, you just took millions and you can't really expect them not to be mad. And uh, now he's sending all his crazy demands like he needs full control of the company and all of their assets and promising things like doubling the salary of all the Kiber staff and one of the things that really got me is that when he said he'll pay the executives and wish them all well in their future endeavors and anyway this thing is uh, really far from over but in the end while it's uh, really funny to onlookers i can only imagine the grief that those who lost their funds to this guy is feeling so i hope and then the investors will be able to recover their funds. Honestly, I'm not even sure this treaty could be executed, even if the top dogs at Kyber wanted to. Whose name would be on all of the legal documents for Kyber if, for all intents and purposes, the CEO is necessarily anonymous? And to whom would all of these forfeited assets go? Whatever the case, the hacker has said this is their best and only offer, and that the KyberSwap team have until the 10th of December to decide. If not, the treaty falls through, as they put it. So, I guess no treaty. Though with this story, who knows what the next chapter holds. Right, you're up to date. Consider yourself 
informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, leaving a review or writing an on-chain treaty of appreciation. Have a great weekend. Let's do this again Monday. Monday.